Welcome to R&R Showtime with Robert and Ryan. And today, Ryan, do you want to give us a little intro on what we're doing today? Um, so it's uh, halfway through the year of 2023. And sometimes when we do like an end of the year list, I feel like, but what about all those movies that like could have made the list like halfway through the year or something? Um, and so... I thought that it might be good to do a list for the f- movies from the first half of the year, especially because I do think recency bias does play a part in like uh, how lists get ranked. Like last year, we both ranked number one, a movie that came out in the first like half of the year. But I think like a lot more of our movies tend to skew later in the year because I that's also tends to be when like movie studios put out like more like prestige, like higher movies sort of thing. And so movies from the first half of the year can get lost in the shuffle. Also, um, I saw a bunch of movies from 2022 during 2023 after we did our 2022 list and some of them are really good and I want to, you know, put them on a list, but I don't know if it's going to be right to put them on a list of the best movies of 2023. So this is a good opportunity to sort of, you know, get some of those stragglers in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we go into this, you know, our top 10 list for the first half of the year, let me just say, I only, uh, I only have 14 movies I watched. How many movies did you watch, Ryan? Oh, you know, like we're, we're kind of in the same boat. I only watched 78. Yeah, so uh, uh, I'm I really am picking from a, a much shorter list. I mean, really, I had to pick which ones didn't make it. And uh, even before we started the podcast, uh, I I had to like fight over my my ten spot to see which one really made it there. But Ryan's probably going to have a lot more interesting choices, a lot more variety, and maybe movies you know I or others haven't heard of or didn't see. So I'm interested to to see what you've got going on. Yeah, my top 10 is going to have movies that I think a lot of people have not seen and maybe not even heard of. <laughs> well, I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely interested to hear. So maybe maybe it will uh, push me over the edge to go watch some of those movies now. Um, but yeah, uh, which one of us should start? Let's go, let's start with you, since I we had to talk it out. And so I already know your number 10. Yeah. So we did discuss this right before the podcast started. I was I was literally torn between two movies and then I actually ended up picking a third movie, not even one of the two that I was originally looking at, but the number 10 spot is going to be Renfield. Um, yes, it's a, just a decent enough, kind of funny, kind of actiony, cool movie, you know, like sort of a, sort of a sleeper almost. Like, I don't think it got a ton of marketing. Nicholas cage, isn't it? Yeah. I see. I feel like it was a trailer that I saw a lot of the times when I went into the movie theater and I remember seeing that trailer for the first time and just being like, oh, this looks this looks neat. This looks cool. Yeah, this is fun. And then like because like the primary trailer, like it saves Nicolas Cage being Dracula as a reveal at the end of the trailer. And when that happened, I was like, oh, OK, this is this looks great. This looks fun. Yeah. Um, and one thing I want to say is that Aquafina don't really like her that much as an actor in general, uh, but because I feel like, you know, she's like a. She's like somebody that they like shove into movies a lot of times. And I'm just like, why is she here? She's actually fine in this movie. And so like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, she's just like actually just playing some normal role that she's doing fine at. Um, yeah. Which I thought was cool. Yeah. 
It's probably my second favorite performance ever from the year. First being her performance as Scuttle from the live action Little Mermaid. I have not seen such performance. So in which in which she gets her own original song called the Scuttle Lut. I have heard of this. Uh, I've heard I've 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 heard the clips of this song. Yeah, I like that song. Check out Womp Womp. Check out yeah. <laughs> so um, that's something. Um, but let's move on to your number ten. What what is your number ten? Because I know Renfield. Even though you liked it, didn't I mean on over seventy eight movies didn't even make your top ten? So yeah, it was like thirty something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my number ten is the uh, nominated for best film at uh, best picture at the um uh, twenty twenty two Oscars, and I believe this was the only best picture nominee that I had to wait for twenty twenty three to watch. Um, women talking. Well. Every time I hear that name of that movie, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. That was an interesting <laughs> choice in movie name, but it, but it, see, it's accurate though, because it's pretty much about women talking, except for the sometimes when the one guy in the movie talks to the women. <laughs> so even then a, a woman is still talking in the scene. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, like I, there's a part of me where I, I like definitely just kind of almost in a joking manner wrote it off. I was like, who would want to watch women talking? Right. Like as a joke, I literally was joking like, uh, but like I did kind of write it off. I just chose not to watch it, even though it was a, it was a, um, a nominee. Yeah. And it probably deserved being watched. Like it's probably actually and a it, fine movie. It did win um, best, uh, best writing in its category. I think that was adapted. And then everything everywhere won for original on, yeah. on the screenplay. And I think women talking absolutely deserved that Oscar. In fact, it, it could have won more. Uh, it should have probably been nominated for best director at the very least. But yeah, like the movie tells for people who are unfamiliar with the story of the movie, basically it tells the story of this, like um, uh, it's like not quite like Amish Meta night, but like that sort of vibe of a community um, dealing with the revelation that there were basically men sexually assaulting women. Um, and the women are trying to decide whether or not they're going to stay and just like sort of like accept that they're in this community with these men that were doing these bad things. Um, fight, like try to like, like, like take power from the men or to just leave. And like the whole movie is just them sort of discussing and weighing the options of those three different pathways mm -hmm. and like sharing like stories and like anecdotes about the people. And yeah, it's like it it's it's literally women talking, you know, okay. it is an accurate name for the movie. But the way like the way that it's written and the way that the the, the characters speak to each other, I, I, it, I just found it very engaging, like. I did not get bored watching that movie. Um, does this take place like in one uh, set? Like, or does it move around a lot, like between different places? It's all basically set on this like farm, like community, like, like, like when you imagine like Amish people or Mennonites or mm -hmm. like people from the past or what have you, you can sort of like get a picture. It's set in this one place and most of the conversations occur in this barn um, but like, it's not like solely like just, it's not like a complete bottle, uh, thing, you know, you know what, um, when you're talking about it and this is like kind of maybe in like an old, an old dig, 
um, is that it reminds me of like, okay, like, well, just watching like a bunch of uh, women talking, right? Reminds me of like um, 12 Angry Men. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's really like, I mean, you're just watching 12 guys talk about a court case, but it's fascinating. You know? Yeah. Like, and, and uh, yeah, that's a great movie as well. And if this movie, like, there's a little, like, they're not completely in one room the whole time. But yeah, it's, I think that the two movies do like share some level of similarity to them. Because it's basically a movie. Yeah, it's a movie about talking. Women talking, in fact. You know, honestly, it's it's funny. Even though you did tell me a little bit about before, I feel like that description you gave me right there, where I thought of 12 Angry Men and thought of like, wow, I actually enjoyed that movie and it was still interesting. Maybe you want to watch it a little more. So maybe I'll actually uh, take the time to, to check it out if it's on like one of the services we subscribe to. Yeah. So with that, though, let's uh, move on to your number nine. My number nine. Um... So this is the first of two possible recency biases, but um, and my number nine movie literally came out on Netflix on June 30th, 2023. So I watched it very recently, but it's going to be uh, the animated film Nimona. I've never even heard of this. What is this about? So it's adapted from, I believe, like a like some sort of like other like media i didn't actually look into what it was if it was like a comic book graphic novel or like a book but it basically tells the story of a knight of a of a man who's being knighted as like the first person to become a knight in this like community world city that was not like born of noble blood and like he like he was he had this dream to become a knight even though he wasn't a noble and like he's like worked hard his whole life to become a knight. And on the day that he is to become a knight, something occurs that sort of like flips the script on him. And um, see, I, I don't want to give away that, even though it's very early into the movie. But he ends up getting paired with a girl named Nimona or technically a girl, technically not a girl. It's complicated. Complicated. <laughs> yeah, that is. That sounds like a very like a story I might be interested to watch. Hmm. Yeah. And it's it's uh like got that sort of like post Spider-Verse like animation where like the like it, it the animation style is sort of like new and refreshing in some ways. It's not it's not like over the top like oh my god this is like so beautifully animated, but it it is very nice to look at. It's like it, it is appealing to the eyes in my opinion. And uh yeah, it's a good movie. Like I had fun. And again, this could be a recency bias that I watched it recently. And so I haven't had time to reflect and be like, oh maybe this movie's not as good as I think it is. But it's good enough to be my number nine right now. Again, another another sounds like something else I might be interested to watch. So it's on I, Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually have Netflix. I stopped subscribing to that a long time ago and I got logged out. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure I could find it somewhere though. Um, but if you're done, then I guess I can propose my number nine. Yes. And again, uh, nothing against this movie, but again, like this movie might not have made my, a few of these movies might not have made a top 10 if I didn't only have a few to choose from, but this was a good enough movie and it does. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad that it is at my nine spot is a uh, Creed three. I, I really like that movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I never watched any of the Creed movies. I, that That's my number 16. So, like, I I I don't think that that is a bad choice at all. Yeah, and it's it's almost because I because I know that you watch so many, it almost makes me think, like, well, 
maybe I'm like forcing these movies into the top 10 spots because like I don't have anything to choose from. But yeah, like I, I went back. It was uh, when I was on a trip to Ireland. I watched the all three of the Creed movies. I had downloaded them on HBO Max, and that's what I was watching on the airplanes and when I was uh, just had downtime. And yeah, I was just like, wow, these are just good movies. And Creed 3 is just a good third movie in this series. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just I enjoyed it. Uh, uh, what? I can't remember his name. Uh, Michael B. Jordan or Jonathan Majors? Jonathan Majors. Yeah, he is. He man, he just has such a presence that is like fantastic. Michael B. Jordan is just a good. I mean, yeah, his presence. Actors. His you know? presence in that movie like far outweighs like what he was putting out in like Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah, um, and 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 Ant Man and the Wasp. I think he was still one of the better parts of that movie. So yeah. Um, uh so but yeah a good solid movie and it yeah makes my nine spot not much else to say about it really yeah and so li- like you i had to catch up and watch like the first two cream movies before it and like having watched them all sort of next to each other you see that creed 3 takes a different directorial style like it's it feels like a different kind of movie than the first two creeds and that is because this is the first one to be directed by michael b jordan and i think he has a very um I, I like the sort of flair that he puts into his direction of the movie. And I appreciate that this is the first Rocky movie to not have Rocky in it. Um, I haven't seen any of the actual Rocky movies though. So um, lame whack. Yeah. Rocky. <laughs> yeah. But like, I like this movie just sorts to gets to be its own thing. It stands alone. Like, like this, if it weren't called Creed three, this could have been its own like standalone movie. Either way, in yep. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, on to my number eight. Eight. I think so. Math is hard. <laughs> um, it's going to be the Super Mario's movie. Uh, great movie. <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. solid movie. I think, uh, you know, to, to even be a little critical of it in some ways, while I certainly did enjoy it, I think, you know, as far as video game movies, it's the, I mean, you know, it's is it still the highest grossing movie of the year? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's not even close. Not even surprised. Don't don't even begrudge it for making that much movie that that much money. Um. Uh. It, they gave us what we wanted. Ultimately, like that's that's how I felt about the movie. I was like, it's a Super Mario's Mario Bros. movie, and they gave us everything we could have asked for. They're just like the characters are kind of what we expected. Other than my one biggest, I the thing I absolutely despise about this movie that made it less good for me is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. See, and I didn't, I didn't feel that way. <laughs> I feel like the, this is my biggest gripe is I feel like they robbed Donkey Kong of his character by making it just be Seth Rogen the whole time. I'm like every other character, you know, I recognize those voices. Even Jack Black, who's clearly being Jack Black as Bowser, still felt like I was watching Bowser and he was his own character. Seth Rogen, Donkey Kong is. I was like, this is literally just Seth Rogen. Like See, he's not even doing anything. Here. It's it's funny because like my biggest issue with the movie was the voicing of a Kong, but it wasn't Donkey. It was Cranky. Like Fred Armisen is Cranky Kong. I did not like. I I did not like at all. Yeah, I mean, and I was... and I really like Fred Armisen. So, uh, yeah, the damn dirty apes. Them damn dirty apes. They ruined the movie. Um, but I mean, still a good movie, man. They just gave us everything we wanted. Nostalgia really hit us hard with the nostalgia bat. Um, in this one. But I don't begrudge it. It's and and it's a good and fine enough story. There are other things I could I could comment on about the story itself. But overall, they tried to follow um, a decent story structure, and I 
I appreciate for that. So I enjoyed it. I had a good time. And I think it's a good movie that everybody can enjoy as well. Like kids can enjoy it. I know that, um, you know, my goddaughter, it's like her new obsessed movie that she watches every day. Good. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. Like of all the movies you'd be watching every day, there's nothing. I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. And Nintendo does not feel bad about it either. Let's <laughs> let's go. Where's the Legend of Zelda movie? Yeah. Where, where, where's the Nintendo universe? Yeah. Run it. Let's bring it. The NCU, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. The the uh, what is that? What would they call it in the that uh, the old Super Smash Bros. game when they had the campaign mode, the slip space? Something? Oh, subspace emissary. Yeah, the subspace emissary universe. <laughs> Damn. All right. Uh, so moving on to my number eight. Uh, I I wonder if the I I can't remember if you saw this movie. If you did, it might be on your list. If you didn't, then it. I guess it wouldn't be, but uh, the movie that took the internet by storm prior to it even coming out, uh, Megan. I didn't see this movie. Yeah, no. this movie's this movie's lit. This movie's great, bro, dude, my guy. It's Chucky, but not. Yeah, you know that I'm not like a big, a huge like horror fear like. Uh, if I'm going to watch like horror movies in general, I want them to be like psychological thrillers typically. And so like that one was just like, yeah, that's all. I mean, it didn't look bad. Actually, I think she had like the perfect uncanny valley face and it made it extra um, like that. That could add to the terror. So like looking at it, it didn't look like it was that bad, but it's not like. So life. the one thing that I do like I feel is important to know about this movie is that it builds itself as a horror movie. And I think for a while, like even on like Wikipedia, like the movie was like described as like straight horror, but that's kind of inaccurate because it's absolutely like a horror comedy and it's a quite funny horror comedy. Like it is, it is a legitimately funny movie and it like is trying to get at a point that I think is like fairly interesting um, for a horror movie to get at about like uh, the roles of technology and parenting in the modern day. And um, yeah, it's just like Megan as a creation is just, there's just something about her that's uh, entertaining to watch and entertaining to like see her kill things. And the fact that, the movie was cut down from R to PG 13. I believe that the R cut of this movie is probably a lot better. And I want, I would like to see that. I don't know if it's been made available. I should probably look that up to see, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Release the Snyder cut. Yeah. (laughs) Release the Megan cut and the butthole cut of cats. The butthole cut. of Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. I've that. You think so? Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I think you're number seven. Number seven. Um, another recency bias um, because I just watched this movie like yesterday. Um, and in fact, the last movie that I watched to sort of uh, count on this list. But it's a movie called Past Lives. Past Lives. Tell me a little bit about that. So it's uh, follows this uh, pair of uh, this like male female pair of uh, people from Korea. We they sort of start their lives when they're twelve, um, like at the same school, and they're like clearly close friends, and like they like they like each other, and it's very cute. And it's like oh, like ooh, 
that like if they get to grow up together they probably like you know would be in a relationship or some sort of thing however um the girl um who uh the girl's parents are decide to move to immigrate out of korea and i believe they immigrate to uh canada first and so she basically uh leaves and so because they become they go like halfway across the world from each other they're separated and you know like there's not really a way for them to reconnect but 12 years later when they're both 24 um the the magic of the internet and facebook and skype allows them to reconnect and like start talking to each other over skype which it, it's very funny to see skype in this movie mm-hmm. like like rip skype really 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 miss the ball um but yeah so they get this chance to sort of reconnect again at the age of 24 but because like the place they are in their lives it makes it difficult like they wouldn't be able to like actually meet up with each other for like a year out and so they decide to sort of like move on with their lives from then and then we see them again another 12 years later where she is gotten married and he has been in like a relationship and it's basically just like them it's hard to sort of describe the movie i guess like because i've described the movie but it's a lot about like the just the connection and the relationship and the conversations between these two and it's very it's just fascinating that I mean, I, I think I now that after you once you started describing it, I did remember I had seen commercials for this, and I did think in my head like it kind of reminded me of uh, what's that one the the film that we watched for the Oscar nominees? It was a foreign film. I mean, I, I'm saying it's foreign because that's uh, you know starring uh, Korean actors, but um, Minari. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that might be it. Even though that they don't really have much to do, but like just a. Um, uh, it I don't know. It sounds it sounds like something I might be interested to watch. Yeah, it's well. like it, again, this is one of those movies where like if I just like only tried to like watch movies that I believe that I would like, I might not have taken the time to go out and watch this movie. But um one, this movie's very highly rated, which sort of, you know, helps to encourage me to want to go see it. Mm-hmm. But like I wanna sort of like push myself to watch things that I don't think that I would have watched otherwise. And that was one of my goals for the year. And so I'm happy to have watched this movie. And it would not surprise me if like come like award season, this movie is like in conversation somewhere. Uh, We haven't seen like the latter half of the year's movies yet though. So maybe, maybe it gets lost in the shuffle, but I would not be surprised if it got some recognition down the line. Yeah. I, you know, that's, I was going to ask you if you thought like this, this seemed like an not, cause I think when I had seen the commercials for it, um, I thought kind of like, this seems like it might be like a, in the Oscar nominee kind of territory. Um, of like, a film. this is a movie that I would consider like if the Oscars didn't nominate it, then low key, like the Oscars can like blah sort of movie. Yeah. It, Plus yeah. doing an Oppenheimer, I'm probably just going to like run the Oscars this year. I, if they're both good. I mean, I I think Dune has the better chance of being good because it's based on source material people already like. Um, but I do have I do have my heart set on Oppenheimer being good. I, yeah, I, 
I just I I would be very surprised if Oppenheimer is not exactly what we expected to be. Yeah, um, I I've ordered my Barbenheimer shirt and I'm ready. <laughs> you really got a Barbenheimer shirt? I did. <laughs> oh wow! Why didn't you get me one? I I want to make sure that it's good first because Jerk. it's coming from Etsy, and so I don't know what the quality is going to be. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Okay. Uh. Does that make it move on to my number seven? Yes. Okay. My number seven is Sisu. Can I tell you Sisu was my number 11 and I had to decide between it and women talking? Yeah, I mean, and I can see why you would go with women talking because it probably is a little bit more deserving. But Sisu, you get what you came for. Just good action. You know, some Nazi freaking killing. Kills Nazis. It's it. it yeah, like, ah, God, great it, movie. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah, just, you know, I will say, you know, uh, like one little thing I had and it was really just the over... I don't want to like spoil like this there, movie is, is this movie is starring a man of, of you know, true grit uh, who is just like moving through wounds and, and yeah, and there's some and stuff. There is some suspension of disbelief that you have to take into this movie in yeah. terms of uh, what you believe he can live through. Like like if you've seen the John Wick movies and you're like, how did he survive that? This movie's just like, hold my beer. Yeah. Th- yeah. This, this movie by the end of the movie will really challenge your, uh, uh, again, the, yeah, just a suspension of disbelief. Like you're like, okay, you know, I could, I could take like, maybe he took that bullet or that stab wound, but like, once we get to this, this and that, I'm like, why is this guy still standing? But honestly, you just don't begrudge it. Cause you're really like, yeah, but who cares? Like, fuck it. You know, this is just a badass action movie. He's a badass, And you know, he just was like, yeah, I, I will not stop. And I survive all this stuff. Cause I'm great. You, you just take it and move on and just enjoy what this movie was. And yeah. Yeah. So you take it and you like it. <laughs> you take it. You like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's, I mean, not much else to say about it. Just a good solid action movie. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, good movie if you didn't see it uh and you like you like john wick type movies you like action movies this is this is a very good one so is it my number six or your number six your number six my number six well speaking of john wick it's not my number six it's my number six is guardians of the galaxy volume three i've heard of that movie yeah uh this was uh, though i have you know some comments about this you know at certain places in the movie overall haven't been a you know have been disappointed by a lot of mcu movies and superhero movies in general that have been coming out this one i was i was happy and satisfied with i was i was literally like happy i was like wow this was actually good um and so um glad to have it on the list it, it gave me what I've, I've been wanting which is just you know some of the fun of guardians and but like the cool superhero-ness um and I will say one my one of my critiques of it is that I feel like over the time a thing that they did with both like I, I saw it a lot in Thor, which is why I was like really upset with Le- Love and Thunder. But I feel like as it went on, they went from Drax being just like an ironic guy to like he's kind of dumb. The sort of flanderization of characters in the Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's what is flanderization? It's like when like a character like starts out as like having like some quirks about them mm-hmm. that as like it's more prevalent in TV series where over time like a, a little quirk about a character becomes like their entire character. Yeah, like like a, another good example is like in the Office. Like Kevin is like a little like maybe like not the brightest bulb, Mm -hmm. but like later on, like is literally mistaken for being like mentally like challenged. Yeah, exactly. So, so that is kind of what seems to have happened here a little bit is that he, 
you know, and in the in the second movie, while he he was he was like really funny, but this one moved to the point where he was like he was he was like dumb. He's like just making he's doing silly things. Except there's like a redeeming, like oh, he's not you know he might not be super smart, but he's very empathetic and uh, or yeah. something like at the end of the movie, which actually doesn't make any sense because he's never <laughs> been empathetic before at all. But maybe with children, it's different. yeah. I mean, yeah, he he's a daddy, he's a father. Yeah, and I think he's I mean he's a cool character, and it it really just it gives me. It, it reminds me of what they did with Thor, like what they did to my boy, you know, where, where I just, I, I don't appreciate that devolution, but overall, I mean, the movie just gave us so many good things and it gave us the first fucking MTU. So it did. Yeah. You know? um, so yeah, I, I, the movie is uh, sort of James Gunn's goodbye from the MCU and yeah, yeah he did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was quite satisfied with it. Um, so yeah. My number six is, oh, let me look at my list. Um, okay, so this is probably the weirdest uh, choice. This is probably the movie that the least amount of people have heard of. Um, and I only heard of this movie because uh, one of like the sort of film critics that I like to watch on YouTube had it in his top 10 movies from last year. And so this is technically the first movie I watched this year and also the last movie I watched last year because I started watching it like on New Year's Eve, like right before midnight and I finished it in the new year. So, yeah. So what is this? It's a movie called Brian and Charles. Okay. I'm going to need you to tell me a little bit about that one. So, um... Brian is this uh, British uh, man, like living in this like a uh, small, like quaint English sort of uh, village. And he's an inventor. He likes to invent things and he invents like sort of like silly little things that like, like he starts describing his inventions and it's like very quirky and British like things that like don't like, like they're not like actually useful things. And then one day he decides he's gonna, he's just gonna build a person. He's gonna build a robot person. And he does that and he builds Charles and yeah, the, the rest of the movie is just about like Brian and Charles, like Brian sort of introducing Charles to the world and how the world works and like the way that they sort of get along and like have friction between them because Brian has to like sort of guard Charles from the world around him. Um, or he feels that he has to be protective. It's like almost like a parenting thing, but yeah, like the, the movie just has like this, like little like quirk and charm to it that it's just, it's just delightful. I don't know why when you're describing this, is this movie in claymation? It's not. (laughs) I, you know why I'm like, like it has the Wallace and Gromit. Like that's what it sounded like. (laughs) Yeah. You're describing it to me. I'm like, yeah, this is like a Wallace and Gromit made movie. Um, no, it, it is live action. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's it's a delightful little movie. You know, it it's funny because I, I I might have to say this again, but and I've said it before is that you, when you're describing this movie, it sounds like something I, I would probably enjoy watching, even though it's I definitely have never heard of that. Like, yes, I yeah, this is the wildest card on my mo- on my list. Where did you heard about it or what, what did you watch it on? Did you watch it in theaters? No, I watched it. I watched it like on it was on Peacock when I streamed it because it came out like in I don't know when in 2022, but like like it wasn't by the time I had learned about it, it was not in theaters. Mm, got it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like a like an interesting thing. This is I appreciate that you have so many unique things on here because I feel like anybody that might happen to listen to the podcast and myself now can be intrigued to go watch 
a movie that, you know, where if you watch 78 movies this year and Brian and Charles made it up into the top 10, that it must be an exceptional movie. So I I'm I'm telling you, like I it, it just had like. It, it feels weird to put the movie in there because it's just it, it is a very I guess the good word is it's like a slight movie like it's it's small it's like not like very but like I it just sort of like yeah it's good I like it um awesome all right well now I think we're breaching into the top five the top five <laughs> um and uh so Brian and Charles one that's a movie that if I was doing a year end list for 2023, I don't know if I can technically count it. Cause not only is it like truly a movie that came out in 2022, I kind of watched it in 2022. And so like, it, it's sort of like iffy on whether or not it deserves to be ranked in the movies of 2023, because I had the opportunity to watch it in 2022 and I just didn't. So you're a cheater and you have to throw the whole list out. Yes. But <laughs> Except I, you know, prefaced that I was going to include those types of movies. Yeah. Number five is another one of those movies where I had full opportunity to watch this movie like months in advance. And I probably should have. Um, it came out on Netflix. Like I want to say like sometime like in the middle of 2022. And I just I don't even think I had heard of it. Um, but I just decided to watch it one day. And it's a little movie called Do Revenge. Okay, again, I'm gonna have yeah. You gotta, you gotta tell and me so about this this, this movie, like this this movie, I think people may have actually heard of because it's not it's like it's not like a like a indie movie like at all. It is uh, starring uh, Maya Hawk, and I don't remember her name, but the uh, she played Veronica in uh, Riverdale. Yeah, I don't know her name either, but yeah. I do know who you're talking about. Yeah, the brunette of the two, not not the not the blonde one. Um, and and she's actually the main character of the movie. And it's basically like um, I've heard it described as like a like this generation's Mean Girls. And I think that is a fair uh, way to describe this movie. Uh, is it as good as Mean Girls? Maybe not. But I do think that it deserves to be like in that sort of legacy of films like of like the Mean Girls, the Heathers and stuff like that, because this movie is just like great. It's. Uh, basically the main character and uh, Maya Hawk's character essentially sort of team up to get revenge on the people who slighted them. Um, and, uh, and particularly the main character girl, like she's this popular girl, but then like a nude of her leaks online. And then she like uh, gets into a fight with the person that leaked the nude and then she's like painted out to be the bad guy and she's ostracized from like the popular people. And yeah, she's just trying to get revenge on them and she's getting the help of my Hawk character. Who's like more of like a, like basically a loser and is new to the school. If I recall correctly and yeah, and stuff happens from there and there may be some twists and turns is revenge done. Uh, some revenge uh, definitely occurs. It, it gets dude. Yes, the revenge is dude. <laughs> right on. That one, well, again, it's really nothing against what you described. It, just, it doesn't like super pique my interest as like a movie I would love to see. But it doesn't sound bad. Yeah, no, yeah, it's very good. So reaching into my top five. Your Cinco. This is my top five, right? Yeah, okay, it is my top five. Um, is a movie 
where, I mean, there's definitely some bias because it's starring my celebrity crush, but a, a good person. Uh, oh, yes. With Florence Pugh and Morgan Freeman. Um, I didn't by know that Morgan Freeman was your celebrity crush. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach Braff is, and he directed it. So, Oh, oh of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, me. just, uh, you know, a, a good, solid like a you know drug recovery story kind of thing you know a, a you know person you know, has a, yeah yeah a person uh has a, a terrible event and and you kind of portrays uh you know the like opium painkiller um and, and how that affects people live and and, you, and and a little deeper than that there's really there is a little more in the movie than just that i did hear was it you that told me or somebody else that told me how like people online criticize this for being very like you know, tropey basic for like, you know, these kind of movies like rehabilitation. Yeah, that's what I had heard to do, to sort of critique the movie. Yeah, which I, I I recall my response to that being, well, yeah, if just like in any action slash comedy slash things, they all have the tropes. So like saying, hey, you're doing similar things to other portrayals of addiction stories is like a very bad criticism of this movie. What are they going to do? How are they going to, how are they going to step out of the, like really bring something unique to the table here when they're just trying to tell a, a story? I mean, addiction stories are all very similar. So, I mean, yeah, if you're telling a genuine one, it probably should look like a lot of other ones. Yeah. Um, but I mean, just another fantastic performance like Florence Pugh, Morgan Freeman. Great. There's a few other actors in there who's maybe names. I don't, I don't like know specifically, but like everybody in this is just good. Uh, oh, um, I don't know her name, but like Florence Pugh's mother in the in the story. I, uh, but she's I, been in tons of things. I think it's Molly Shannon. Yeah, yeah, and she was you know good in it too. I just it was just a good movie, you know, kind of got my my heartstrings. Felt like it had had a, some emotional weight and like kind of a lesson in the end. Um, uh, you know, and good job Zach Braff. Um, I don't think he's like hit it out of the park with all of his movies he's directed, but this was a. Good I one. liked Garden State. I didn't actually see that one, so. Yeah, it's like a. It's 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 a fine movie. Yeah. And and a good person is a fine movie. I I like it. I think it is a good swell movie. And again, there is just bias because, uh, you know, I just when you put Florence Pugh in things, I just like them more. So, you know what else Florence Pugh is in Oppenheimer? Is she in Oppenheimer? She is. She's also in Dune. Yeah. <laughs> and because I read the Dune book, I know exactly what character she's going to play just because I can tell. I mean, it. 2023 is uh 2020 pew <laughs> 2020 that's a good one right there uh, um, so you go into your number four my number four this movie uh i'm gonna say right now total bias total bias it makes it this high because of absolute bias on my part i when when i saw this movie i i said if you are like me you will like this movie a lot more other people, this is just a good and fine movie. And it's an okay movie. Like I, I'm not like, I think for the average audience, like it, it's, it's fun, but like it loses some significance. This is the Dungeons and Dragons movie, <laughs> which I, you know, having played Dungeons and Dragons for, for a long time, being very familiar with the world it's set in where the whole movie, I'm like, I know what that is. I know what that is. I, you know, that's this spell, that place, this person, like that creature, it, it elevates it to a whole nother level for me. Like I, I just, I'm in on all the jokes, you know, I'm in on all the, the references. Um, but otherwise it's just a, you know, good and fine story. But for me, it just, it just hit that level. Like for me personally, it, it gets into the A territory, but when I, if I take myself out and, and more objective about it as just a story, um, you know, I think it falls more into like the, the lower B ish area, like still a good and fine, uh, you know, maybe even upper C upper average, uh, movie. 
you, you your letter grades just sound so so harsh to me upper average this is a it's a slightly above average you know movie maybe even you know like c but like yeah i my letter grades are actually accurate okay c is an average not not a a, a punishment if you were a teacher like kids would hate you uh, you're average. You have to be a C. I'm using a, I'm using a, 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 a real system. I'm not a, in a school. We're not using weighted grades. I'm using a C is the absolute middle and average. So most things on a bell curve should fall there. And this movie is slightly above average, even just, you know, that, that does in general. That, that assumes though, that the film and art as a whole does fall on a bell curve, which it doesn't necessarily, particularly when you self-select. Yeah, but I know that's why I separate them as a subjective and an objective thing. Objectively, if we look at things, we we have to be able to look at things objectively, right? We can always say we can look at art as a subjective thing, but we can also look at these pieces of a uh, uh, of art as how they're crafted. So, being part, nah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we, we don't need, need to get, to get into it. it. Yeah. Like that's a whole other podcast right there. But uh, <laughs> that is my number four. Dungeons and Dragons enjoyed it a lot, and now it's here. Your number four. My number four. Okay, so. Back into the indie art house, like, what is this? What is this movie? I've never even heard of it. Well, at least this movie was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for Best International Feature. Um, and it's a movie called Close. Yeah, no clue what that one is. Haven't yeah. heard of it ever before. Basically, basic premise of the movie. It's about these two uh, boys in whatever country it's set in. I don't recall. Um and they're like very close friends. Um, when you say like, whatever country, can we get an idea of the country? Is it like Europe or like, like Europe? Europe? Okay. Yeah. They are white children. <laughs> they are white children. Uh, I don't, and I don't, I don't recall the language that they speak because I am a, a dumb American. A uh, stupid American. <laughs> I don't believe it was French. Um, but yeah, so like they live in this like sort of small, like, uh, like, it's like a farmish community. Um, and these like two little boys, like they, they're like the, like close, very close friends, like thick as thieves. Like we see them like base, like, uh, like the, one of the boys mothers, like sees the other kid as like her son. And like, they like, uh, hang out together all the time. Like they like sleep in the same bed together. Like it's very, it's very like, they have a very close relationship. And then, the conflict of the movie starts when they have to go to school and they basically get asked by the other school kids, Hey, are you gay? And that sort of makes the, the main character kid start to feel uncomfortable that people think are perceiving them that way. And it affects how he w behaves with his friend and it affects their relationship and how like things go forward. And like it, and so like, it's just that, I, there's something about that sentiment and that concept of like these two kids, like absent of like the judgment of others are like the best of friends. And then just like this, like little idea of like an outside perception makes them feel like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't, maybe we shouldn't be friends like this. Maybe we shouldn't be like, maybe we need to distance ourselves. I need to do something else. I need to do something more manly kid joins hockey. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because like he just uh, like he like he feels uncomfortable that people see him that way, mm -hmm. and yeah, it causes like a lot of like uh, issues between the two. And then something else happens that 
kind of doesn't isn't my favorite thing that this movie does um but it then leads to a very you know emotional uh cathartic ending and yeah like i understand why it was nominated for best international feature and this is the first year where i went and watched all the international feature movies and i gotta say i get why they're nominating them they're good movies man if i wasn't such an uncultured swine i might have seen some of these the, the the movies you described which sound really like cool with good concepts and uh you know uh, you did see all quiet on the western front that's the one that ended up winning the best international feature but uh, yeah that one had the the benefit of uh name recognition and netflix yeah, i was gonna say it came out on netflix you know so like I, I did originally see its commercial on youtube though so i might have sought it out like i when i saw the commercial i was like wow that looks great so i might have sought it out elsewise but yeah, I mean, it came out on Netflix, so it just made it like, wow, cool. I could just, I could just watch this. Um, so <sighs> excellent for your. That was your number four. That was my number four. So now we're gonna hear your number three, top three. Yeah, my number three. And for a big change of pace, here's another movie that was nominated for best international feature, and until like a month and a half ago was my number one movie of the year. Like two movies have come in and like, just sort of like slot in above it. Um, and this is, this is a movie where straight up. I don't think a lot of people would actually maybe necessarily like it. Um, because it is, it is like a very like artsy, like, 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 like critic movie. I, I would say, um, but the movie just deeply affected me at the end. Um, the ending of the movie just like sort of really got to me and it's a movie called EO. All right. Another, you're going to have to yeah. come and tell me about it again. So the movie follows a donkey named EO who at the beginning of the movie is like part of like this, like a, like a circus troop thing. Um, and like, he like, helps with like i think he's basically used as like a beast of burden in the circus but like also like one of like the performers there um uh had like has this like affection for eo and like sort of like uh i, ca I can't remember exactly what the relationship between the two is but it's like this lady who like really like loves this donkey she's just like oh eo not in a creepy way just like in a oh like this this animal that she yeah. loves um and then the circus is shut down for like animal like abuse things like 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 you you don't see any like i i guess you see some like like the the owner of the circus is like a little like not great to EO, I guess. Is this live action? Yeah, it's okay. live action. So like it's like a real donkey? It's a real donkey. It is multiple donkeys, I believe. Um, but yeah, so we did we then basically follow EO post the circus being sent to like one farm and then being sent to like another farm, and then he sort of like escapes on his own and he like goes on a journey of and there's no talking like when the donkey's alone like the donkey doesn't have like an inner monologue this isn't homeward bound it's just a donkey like walking along getting into situations and then people will like see the donkey and like people will be like hey that's a donkey let's um uh let's uh let's let's uh put it put our sport jersey colors on this donkey and like have him like come with us on our celebration march because our team won this soccer match or hey that's a donkey let's put it to work at our at our farm or something and like um and 
EO, like, there's no inner monologue, but, like, like he sort of, like, depicted as, like, sometimes, like, having, like, thoughts and, like, in emotions and stuff, reacting to things. And, yeah, so you basically, you just follow this donkey and you, like, sort of, like, like slowly you're, like, uh, built to, like, sort of, like, have, like, this, like, you're basically it's a uh experiment in like generating empathy in like a creature that i think a lot of people might not necessarily like have like immediate empathy for like you don't like necessarily look at a donkey and think like or for some people you might not necessarily like see a donkey and think oh that's like a intelligent empathetic like being like that is a that is a beast of burden that is an animal and this movie is a very good way of like just sort of like putting you into the world of this creature and then uh yeah it's it's when the movie ended i just felt like so like emotionally this movie yeah i I, I really, I really love this movie. I gotta say, from the sound of that film, I, I think it makes use of the one of some of the magic of film of being able to watch like a, a movie about a creature that's not speaking, but being it being able to portray that um, in a sense in a way where you can connect and basically watch this story of a donkey where nobody needs to tell you anything, but by just being a part of it you can grow attached. That's, that's like the magic of film right there. That, yes. that, that's it's yes. probably a very exceptional film in that way. And a very, very good director to be able to put that kind of thing together. So yeah, that I, sounds, I mean, again, even though it's a movie about a donkey, it sounds really cool for that sake. I really quite enjoyed it. And uh, yeah. 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 My, uh, my number three is nothing nearly so profound. <laughs> it's actually just quite straightforward and simple. If it makes you feel any better, my two and one are, not very profound either. Well, my number two is not. So I'll say that my, I, I'm going to guess that my number two was um, probably what my, our number, your number two and my number three are probably what were the same. At they're not. Point. They're not. Oh, maybe they're not. Uh, yeah. Okay. You probably, my number three, just getting into it is John Wick four. Um, it's, you know, it's just like Sisu. You, it's, you get what you came for. John Wick's a badass murdering the shit out of dozens to hundreds of, uh, yeah, assassins and you know, killing his way to finish his story off, right? Yeah, Even it's definitely not finished because he's definitely not dead. IMO hashtag spoiler question mark. Um, Ooh. but it's fine. Like, Spoilers, if, you, if, yeah. you, if you're interested in John Wick movies, you've watched them. Um, yeah, so at this point, I mean, it's not that spoiler. So, I could see you thinking that I had John Wick on my top 10, but when I thought about it, I kind of preferred watching sisu to john wick so i sisu is actually above john wick on my list and neither made my top 10 unfortunately yeah um and and that was because i think like when i compared the two i felt like sisu was a little bit um tighter of a story like it was a self-contained story whereas john wick 4 is like the culmination of four movies which like is it like i i quite enjoy movies that are not you know complete like individual stories but i think it's more that john wick 4 is like really really big and like it's long and there's a lot going on that um as much as i love that movie and i don't know if this was a just me in the presence of watching that film i gotta be honest 
I started to drift off at parts of it. Like I, I, I almost fell asleep at parts of it. And I don't think it's the movie's fault in the scene where I drifted off. I've been told is a really good scene. Um, I just uh, like, there was just like, and I actually had the same thing happen with Parabellum. And like, I remember Parabellum being like, I don't think this is my favorite John Wick movie. And John Wick 4 might actually be my favorite John Wick movie, but I still had that sort of like, like the movie just, I think it was maybe a little too long. Again, it's still a great movie and I'm not saying that it's a wrong movie to have in your top three, top two, or even your number one. It is a very good movie. Um, but yeah, just sort of explaining why I have Sisu above it. Yeah. And I, I totally get that and understand, you know, even some like, even though I'm rating John Wick highly, I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, the thing is, as I'm hearing you talk about these movies that you watched and like my, just hearing you describe them without really giving away too much, I know for certain that if I also watched those movies, I would probably have been rating them in my top tens as well. I probably would have kind of got what you saw when you, um, when you watched them and it would probably be like, yeah, these other movies, while they might've been good and fun, big, the bigger name kind of movies is what I mostly watched. They wouldn't, I, I would have knocked them out for better films. Um, and so, I mean, but John Wick, it just, uh, in the end, it really just satisfied exactly what it was. It was just like one of the best action movies that come out this year. Yeah. And I still did enjoy it. I'll say this, even though John Wick definitely goes to the limits of, you know, like getting hit by multiple cars and things and be the, the edges of believability, he doesn't go quite as far as Sisu does <laughs> by the end. So that is true. Yeah. And, and so, and, and John Wick's just a little cooler, you know, it's, just, yeah. it's a little, it's, it's got a little more cool you know, uh, flair and, and it's got a story to it also, which I, I mean, appreciate I, I, a, a, I don't, a built world. You could say. I don't want to spoil Sisu, but all I know is that Sisu was managed to do something that John Wick couldn't do. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, and like to be, and, and didn't even like, a wasn't even really that scathed after that thing. So that's not what I'm referring to. He did something that John Wick couldn't do. And, we can talk about it off, okay, yeah. but I don't want to spoil Sisu. Yeah. Um, Straight into number two. My number two is, uh, you know, I feel like this movie almost went under the radar. Like, I feel like nobody talked about it. But yeah, like almost my favorite movie of the year. I, I, as soon as you and I saw it, I was like, hey, that's going to be one of my favorite movies of the year is Chevalier. Yeah. Just I mean, like, again, it, it, it uh, speaks to. Um, some kind of romantic or adventurous sort of thing that I like and am interested in and, and, uh, you know, tells a good story and the, the, uh, main actor is just great. And I, you know, I just really liked it. I mean, it Tell, just, to say, say a little bit about the movie in case, cause you said it flew under the radar. So maybe not everyone watched it. Um, so it's, or know it, what it's about. it depicts, uh, what maybe what is based on actually a true person, a real person that existed, um, a, uh, uh, a half, uh, born, born to an African slave and a wealthy French, um, uh, Lord who put into a, a basically a private school when he was young and basically challenged to be his, the best, like you must be the best basically to, because you are, you're, you're black and you're going to be around people um that are not like you he must so, be exceptional yeah you must be exceptional and so he becomes the most exceptional um uh fencer and uh and uh violinist and um uh i can't remember if there's anything else part but he you know he is of, of high noble quality and is like the premier uh a premier uh 
sorry. He's the Chevalier. Yeah, a premier uh, at fencing. He he's basically a, a highly exceptional person, and he is granted the title of, of Chevalier of uh, of Saint France. Saint Mark, something, yeah, France yeah. or something, a special title um, by the Queen. And and we see uh, him while it's really the struggle of how while he is so exceptional and he has worked so hard that people still other him yeah even despite that that people still cannot accept him for what he is and he um uh even despite it all even despite having proven that he is greater than you know most people around him he is still made lesser um and it's just watching that that how that develops and you know how he pushes through this tragedy and learns from it and and becomes an inspiration it's it's just an awesome story, you know, and, and kind of like just a story within like sort of the that's that igniting of the French Revolution um, and, and captures a noble part of that uh, piece of history in a way and brings to light something at the end. It was like, yeah, this is a, like based on a true story, like this was a real person that really did. Maybe I, I think in some ways it's probably embellished, obviously, yeah. but like there really was a, um, a an African descent, you know, chevalier of France. And, and that was cool. Like uh, they, they said that most of the records of him, like did not survive, but like they were able to unearth this and now bring it to the screen and, you know, yeah. point out, uh, uh, you know, this, this exceptional individual story, which I just, I really loved it. it again, it just touches like a, a, a this, I don't know, you could say like a fantasy kind of like, you know, adventure, uh, thing that I love. So, and it's got, it's got that, uh, setting that I feel like you seem to be rather fond of, of that sort of like Amadeus, uh, the movie, mm-hmm. like a uh, time period of like, uh, what the, like the set dressings and everything looks like, like it is like at times very reminiscent to me of the movie Amadeus, but like, it certainly sets itself apart in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, this, the, uh, I'm very interested in like, Early, early American history, but also just in in uh, the post Renaissance, but pre industrial sort of revolution era, like nineteenth century, nineteenth century, yeah, 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 the eighteenth nineteenth century. So, and and it just has a lot of that very cool aesthetic. So yeah, just in that way, I was interested in it. I figure a lot of times I see commercials for stuff, and I think I would probably like that. I would probably enjoy it, and I almost knew immediately I would enjoy it, and of course I did. So yeah, easily my second spot. My second spot. Um, so. This whole time, there's been like the like you you sort of commenting and me sort of transparently being like, oh, my list has like sort of like artsy like filmish stuff like critic like um uh, stuff that like the masses of people haven't necessarily watched. My number two movie is not an artsy movie. It is a uh, uh it is a uh, crowd pleaser, uh, big uh, budget movie that lots of people went and saw. And that that's the same for my number one. My number one is the correct answer. Like, it's going to be your number one, too, I'm sure. Yes. It but, is. My, but my number two is um, do you do you want to wager a guess what my number two could be? A crowd pleaser that everybody went and watched or a lot of people went and watched um, tentpole, like big budget uh, blockbuster type movie. Is it The Little Mermaid? No. OK, well. I did like that movie though. That I'm, movie I'm just is... trying to think. I mean, I'm I'm literally looking at Ryan's list of 78 movies to try and see if I can. Pick. Is it Indiana Jones? It's not. Okay. Well, I, I'm just like I feel like you're 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 gonna pull one out from under me here. So I'm like, that's why I was like. Well, if it if it helps at all, you already named it. I already named it. Yeah. I, I mentioned it. It's one of my movies. It's one of your movies. Is it Super Mario Bros? It's not. It's what the fuck? What did I even say? At number two. 
I put Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, I think that's good and fine. Yeah. I, I literally thought it was going to be some kind of like trick. You're going to be like, it's something you would never think. Like yeah. I loved Indiana Jones <laughs> dial of destiny. I liked Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. Um, but Hey, it's better than crystal skulls. Um, and yeah. Uh, but guardians of the galaxy volume three. So something I should just sort of like say, or sort of preface, um, I used to not like get too very emotional at movies. Um, like no movie really made me cry basically until uh, Coco. And that sort of like, like broke the well in me. And I feel like I've just become like a little bit more like emotionally open to letting film affect me and like make me cry and stuff. And the movie EO, uh, when the movie ended, like I shed a tear. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy got me to shed a tear in the opening scene <laughs> and basically I knew from like the, that the opening sequence of the movie that like it was going to be hard for this movie to not be something that I absolutely love. And like the opening sequence, if you're not, if you don't recall or if you haven't seen the movie just follows rocket raccoon, uh, walking along, um, like sort of like looking at like all the, the guardians and their place in like the sort of society that they've built. And he's listening to an acoustic version of the song creep. And like, he's like sort of like uh, singing along to it lightly and he's just walking along and like, I love that song and the like way that it is utilized there to like, just like, like it could, it could be argued that's a little on the nose, but it's being used to sort of like capture rockets like internal feelings like even when he has like this family he still feels like an outsider like like they're a family of outsiders but he still feels like the outsider among them mm-hmm. and like and that's something so like resonant and like emotionally affecting to me and then the movie itself like past that like it's just like it 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 volleys back between like being like fun like very funny like had me laughing like more than most movies this year had me laughing scenes to like very like dark somber notes and i've heard like i've heard it criticized for like being like a little too back and forth between those two tones and like not juggling it very well and maybe i just like i don't like i don't feel that way about it at all like i really love things that like can be like funny, haha, lighthearted one moment and be like, like very dark the next moment. My like, my favorite TV show is Bojack Horseman. And it definitely, it, it's doesn't do that slingshot quite as much because like it's allowed to give like full like sequences to the sort of darker stuff. But it, it like, I like that, that balance between dark and light and, I just love the guardians. Like they're the, they're the best thing that the MCU ever did. It was the first guardians movie in my opinion. And this movie, um, while maybe not being as good as the first guardians and maybe not being as good as guardians Two, though, I think I like it more than guardians Two, personally. Um, yeah, it, it gives a great send off to the trilogy of those movies. It's a great send off of James Gunn from the MCU to sort of join 
DC and we'll see if he's able to fix things. But um, I have some faith in him because like, like the first things he did in DC were the suicide squad, which was a good movie. And then peacemaker, which is like, it's fire. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Surprisingly great. Um, yeah. You know, I, as much as I think when I talk about guardians, I like only set a criticism. Yeah. Plenty of good things. Uh, and and I, I let me, cause now I, we're talking about, I was going to see, I, I would have expanded on it then, but I knew, mm-hmm. I knew I was going to talk about it later. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I do want to touch back on, yeah, I felt, I think the, the depth of Ra- uh, Rocket's story here really brings something special. And I appreciate that a lot. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, in the end, like I want, I really want to love everything Marvel. Like I just want to enjoy everything Marvel. And I just feel like I've been disappointed many times. This movie, I, I was like, th- I was like, thank you for this being good, like good enough to en- enjoy and not have to uh, feel like I'm like pointing out things or you know, even though I, I the the criticisms that I've heard about Guardians, I basically will reflect. I think I think sometimes that tonal shift is not you know executed perfectly, and, and I get that as well. And and again, as I said, you know, a thing that I've already complained about with the uh, Drax, but but overall, yeah, it's just a good movie. They they it was just a good solid movie that you know, still gives me, it, it does go from great, the great deep emotion to we're laughing again, which is awesome. I like, I like when movies can do that as well. Yeah. Though they obviously didn't do it quite as good as the, one of the best movies of all time, everything ever all at once that goes straight from crying to laughing and then crying again perfectly. Yeah. And yeah. So I, like I said, like EO was my number one movie and then the guardians came along and like pushed it, pushed it aside, became my number one movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels nice to have, you know, a, um, a, a comic book superhero movie, like just be so exceptional that mm-hmm. it pushes through to number one. Yeah. Immediately. And, yeah. And it is great that that happened twice this year. Yep. Yeah. So, um, our number ones are the same. We knew it as soon as we walked out of the theater together, that it was the best movie of the year. Um, uh, sorry, best movie of the year up to this point without a doubt. And uh, it, it, there's a good chance it will be the best of the movie, best movie of the year by the end of the year. Yeah. Cause it's, it's truly exceptional. It's, it's truly just, I mean, it's something else. The, the, the art form that they use in this movie actually allows it to go beyond what it, it, it uses. It goes beyond because of, of how it's portrayed, how it is done, because it's an animated film. It uses that animation to its absolute Wait a minute. limit. Ant-Man and the Wasp is it animated. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our number one is... It's the other bug superhero. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yes. Just... If, if you've not seen this movie, go see it. It's still in theaters. It's the best movie of the year. Yep. So far. Again, I, I do leave it open that like something else, you know, some of the movies we have lined up could have some great impact but again it's just what they do with color and and story and and uh it's i it's it's hard to even like encapsulate it all um i do i do have some slight criticisms here but still even despite that like the experience of watching that in the theater was just it was just amazing yeah the biggest critique of the movie i think is a somewhat obvious one if you've watched the movie and it's that there's another movie coming next and this movie relies on the fact that there's another movie coming next. Yeah. But as a number two movie in a trilogy, it is among the best like number two movies in trilogies of which there are like truly exceptional movies that fall into that category. Like it is, it is like, I don't think it is overstating to put it in like the same category as an empire strikes back 
a Two Towers, a, a Godfather Part Two, a The Dark Knight, like like movies, like movie trilogies, or in some of those cases, some of those the the third movie wasn't really isn't always the best movie of the three, but like the second movie can be like the sort of standout of the trilogy. And I think there's a, there's a possibility that like we see beyond the spider verse and that this movie could still sort of stand head and shoulders among the three as like the, the best watch, but I don't know. They, there is the potential that beyond will go beyond. Yeah. So we'll see if they can stick the landing at the, end of this you know trilogy but yeah this i mean it's just the best movie of the year so far like yeah it just uh it's it's something else man it's a, it is a piece of art to behold it is an experience uh it's worth i mean i think it's still in theaters and i mean as of yes, the time we're is. releasing it's, this it was uh it's probably the number one movie in the world because because the movies that came out after it to try and compete were the flash and elemental and neither of them did so hot <laughs> um the flash or elemental is like holding better because like it's getting like pretty good like word of mouth i think like i it, it's uh i don't know where i have it ranked but it's probably like pretty fairly high like elemental is a good movie uh the flash is a movie it it is a movie yeah it is something yeah yeah so um well let's as we're on that subject let's you know give a send off to our number one spider-man Go see it while it's in theater still. Get that experience. Definitely worth it. But we do have a sort of like maybe some honorable mentions. I know Ryan's probably got like plenty of honorable mentions. I, I can I can go off and list. Um, Before you do yours, let, let me say so. My I don't have honorable mentions. I have the things that didn't make it because it's only four more movies. Yeah. Um. So and, and so let me say that right before we started the podcast, I was literally torn at my number 10. Right. It was like two movies. I was trying to decide between. Again, of only four more movies I could even be looking at. Bo's Afraid and Ant-Man and the Wasp, okay? My my feeling on, on these movies were Ant-Man and the Wasp, there isn't, again, I want to like MCU movies. I want to enjoy them. And, and there's a part of me that did enjoy some of the big action parts of it, but it's not that great of a movie. And and so, whereas Bo's Afraid, I think is a better, high-concept, more well-crafted film, but ultimately it kind of went over my head. You know, sometimes I, I, I like to think that I, I can be sophisticated in how I watch movies, but you know, I just admit when I have to, that sometimes the shit just, you know, like gets past me. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I, I kind of see what it was trying to do. And I talked to a friend of mine who, who's, you know, maybe helped zone in more on, on what it was trying to portray and I get it, but I mean, maybe it just didn't sink for me as well or something. And so I was torn between these two movies where I was like, one's a better film, but the other one I probably enjoyed more. And then I ended up, uh, Ryan actually said, he was like, well, like, Renfield was basically the, the next one, and it was where I thought it was a decent enough film, and I enjoyed it decent enough. So it hit just enough in both marks to just say, I'm going to put these other ones out. Yeah, and when you told me those three movies, I was like, Renfield's the best of those three, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, so, and then the other two movies that I've seen this year uh, was The Flash, which, I mean, I, I would have made this a, if, if I had only seen 10 movies and the 10th one was The Flash, I would have given you a top nine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Shazam Fury of the Gods, which you didn't even finish. I didn't even finish. I literally yeah. watched it about halfway and, and was like close. I was close to my bedtime. And I just decided I'd rather go to bed. All so, right. uh, so before I go into my honorable mentions, which I'm just going to like, I'm just going to like rapid fire a bunch of movies and like, Hey, I think they're all good. But before that, 
I tried to put out like a survey to like hopefully get people to say what their favorite movies were. I I got like eight responses. One of them's me, so I got seven responses. Uh, but I just want to name some of the movies that other people listed like in their top three, um, some of which we have already named, but just to sort of like give like a hint at like uh, what other people have seen. Also, uh, all the answers I got to this were like a month and a half ago. So it was prior to uh, Spider-Man coming out. So Sp- Spider-Man's not named on here, but I'm sure people who have seen it would rank it high. But yeah, uh, favorite movie. Infinity Pool, uh, John Wick Chapter 4, Dungeons and Dragons, um, Super Mario Bros. movie, The Menu. Menu came out last year, but if you watched it this year, it counts. Uh, yeah, so the only one that of those that we hadn't named were The Menu, which, again, came out last year. I think it's a good movie. Um, and Infinity Pool, which I don't think you've seen, Bob. Uh, Infinity Pool is wild. Um, you did tell me about it. You actually kind of like spoiled it a little bit because I didn't necessarily, even though I, I kind of would like to go see it. Like. I, think, I believe it's an A24 movie. Um, and it's got um, the, uh, what are they called? The uh, They have the, the last name. Uh, the Wachowskis? I don't no. Know. Um, uh, the Hoffmans. Is there's it? like oh. a brother and a dad. Oh, 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 it's, uh, is it the ones, not the, not the Hoffman He's guy. the Northman guy. Oh, uh, Skarsgård's. Yes. Yeah. So this is, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, I believe. He's the, uh, the, the one from the Northman. He's yeah. in this movie. He's the main character. And it's also got the, I can't remember her name, Mia Goth, uh, from Pearl and X. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in this movie. Very very good movie, very trippy movie. Certainly not for everyone, um, but I'm glad someone brought it up as their uh, favorite. Um, second favorite, uh, kind of more of the same. Someone mentioned Top Gun Maverick and Glass Onion. Again, those are movies from last year that I think those movies made it onto our top tens from last year. And then third favorite movies, um, another Infinity Pool, the more of the same movies. Dragon Ball Super, I'm... I, have fallen off of dragon ball since i was a kid uh the movie 65 um i don't want to be rude to this person so i will not share my thoughts on that on that movie <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah and there were some uh honorable mentions that other people listed like renfield and uh, evil dead rise but uh yeah uh let me just rapid fire other movies that like up through like my top 30. I'm going to rapid fire 20 movies that I think are good. All right, let's go. Sisu, Asteroid City, The Quiet Girl, John Wick Chapter 4, The Blackening, Creed 3, The Little Mermaid, A Man Called Otto, Air, Evil Dead Rises, A Thousand and One, Are You There God? It's Me, Margaret, Suzume, Cocaine Bear, The Super Mario Bros. Movie, Fast X, No Hard Feelings, Elemental, Two Leslie, and Infinity Pool. Okay, give me five movies that are bad. Five movies that are bad. Um, I'm gonna save the. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me your. I, I want you to tell me five movies that, uh, like, listen, people are not gonna watch 78 movies, Ryan. I need you to tell me five movies that people should not go see. Don't even waste their time. <sighs> so the two worst movies of the year for me um, are one movie, a, one of the movies people won't even be aware of. The other movie is a movie that I've heard people really like. So I'm going to skip those two, especially because I can talk about them more in depth when we get to our end of the year list, because they'll probably still be in my top five worst. But five movies I think people shouldn't see. Um, 
65. <laughs> I, 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 I said I didn't want to harsh that person that liked that movie, though. Um, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, which was nominated for Best Documentary, and I just did not like it at all. And I, I, that, that's, I don't know why I didn't like it because apparently it's very good. Uh, House Party, you know, it's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a house party movie. Um, you People, which is the uh, Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy movie on Netflix. Um, just like, I kind of wait, like Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Made a movie that's on. Oh, wait. Oh, it's where he's like uh, getting married to his daughter, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I do remember. I like, and I actually was laughing at the movie at the beginning part, but like, it just like, uh, it just becomes so exhausting to watch. And um, uh, the worst movie that you could watch this year, like that people might actually take the time to go out and watch is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. That movie sucks. That That's a bad movie. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it looks like a low budget fucking poop film, but you know. Yeah, it was like. A, I'm sure somebody might. Uh, I'm sure that there's like some horror uh, fans that probably and, get a kick out of it. And you know what's fun? fun about that though is that i it's one of the worst movies i've seen this year but i still after learning that the people who made it are planning to do like a whole like cinematic universe of like public domain disney characters like they're going to do i think like a bambi movie and um uh some other like classic disney film that went into the public domain i heard that and i was like all right sign me up i want to watch those but i hope that they take like the money that they made off of this project and put it into like, you know, making like somewhat decent scripts and maybe getting some better, like, like kill setups, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hope that they can make a bloody disgusting horror twisted Disney universe. That's actually worth watching. But yeah, don't watch those movies unless, unless you, disagree with me and you really liked one of those movies and think that I'm wrong in which case I might be wrong also don't watch the flash yeah it's not it's not, not worth the time yeah no watch it's, it's, it's a it's it's a map movie for the end of a universe that doesn't matter anymore watch pretty much any other movie that is currently in theaters yeah so uh yeah there's us <laughs> there's our top tens there's uh some recommends on what not to watch uh and uh i mean uh yeah i think that's it any uh any closing thoughts brother i like movies movies are cool yeah i yeah. like movies yeah you should watch more of them i here's the, i'm gonna tell you right now ryan if you come and tell me more often i i'm i'm more willing to watch these international movies that you uh found and watch the the obscure-ish movies because i believe that they will be good if you tell me they'll be good then I am going to go watch the most uh, mainstream advertised movies because those movies, I'm not going to assume that they're good. They're probably going to be, here you go, opium of the masses. Here's content, consume, consumer. Uh, that's, I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's a bit of a cynical view, but I mean, I think it's basically accurate. It's, I will you know. I will say, like, when I saw Close and EO, like, I had to pay to see both of them, and they probably would both require payment now. Like, they might be on streaming yeah. services at this point that make them easier to watch. And uh, if they're yeah. exceptional than they were, I'm not even opposed to paying for them, even at home. Yeah. If Brian and Charles is still on Peacock, because that's how I watched it, I do I do think that's a nice one to watch. Ah, uh, yes. Peacock, a truly premier service for streaming. 
Yes, that I get free because I have Xfinity Internet. Mm, yes, that's how most people probably watch it yes. for free <laughs> because they have Xfinity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is all for us then. So, uh, Indeedly Dadly. Yeah, well, until next time, folks, this has been Robert. And Ryan. Have a good one.